This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Great to have you. It is Tuesday, July 13th. I'm Jeremy Jordan, teamed up with the guy who thought he lived a blue-goggled lifestyle until yesterday, Jason Shepard. Yeah, if you were to say, if anybody were to say, you know what, I think BYU is going to win 10 or 11 games. People would say, whoa! This year? Yeah, this year. Crazy. People would say, whoa! Take the blue goggles off. Kairos Tonga has you beat. Because our question yesterday on the show was, is it eight wins or bust for BYU football? What was your response? Kairos Tonga responded 12 plus 12, 12 plus for Kyrus Kyrus I don't know if you knew this but 12 plus guys left to the NFL so uh <laughs> including gonna, you including you with the bears so yeah it's going to be tough to, I like uh, the I like down. the optimism though Always It's repping. a little naive but it's fun Okay you can't win 12 plus though if you don't win the first one which is in how many days down to the Wildcats. 53 days. We're almost on 50. That's it's coming up, man. Let's go. Fan Fest, by the way. Reminder, we're going to do a Fan Fest Friday night, the night before, September 3rd. Craig Ranch, Regional Park. Let's go. Speaking of getting near 50, did you watch the home run? Are you almost? Oh. No. Oh. Oh. Did you watch? I watched until Shohei was okay, done, so you and s- then I had something else. Okay, yeah. but you saw the 50-cent... Reenactment. Yes, yes, I, <laughs> yes. My brother-in-law's, my brother-in-law is a uh, okay. For those an that, Angels fan, yes. For those that did not see, we're referencing Fifty Cent throwing out the first pitch a couple of years ago. I think at a Mets game. Yes, Mets. And game. it was just yeah. ho- it went horribly wrong. Yeah. Well, last night during the home run derby, one of the guy throwing the BP for whatever reason just lost control of the ball, and it's like in a critical moment. Yes, and it, it went just. Nowhere near the plate, and it so went, it just reminded me of 50 cents. So when you said 50, that is oh immediately what gosh. came to my mind. It was really, really <laughs> bad. Let's hope BYU is much better than that on September 4th. Okay, here's the show lineup. Who's the breakout player of the year for Cougar football this year? I think this is going to be a fun conversation. Cam Meller of Pro Football Network weighs in on that. USA basketball's issues could be solved with one phone call. We'll tell you who to. And Brandon Doyle tells us what yesterday's announcement with NIL for 100 Cougar football players means. Interesting stuff. Let's get to some headlines. All right, Jerem just mentioned this. Wallaroo Media announced that it has become the first official sponsor of the BYU football team. Wallaroo Media has partnered with NIL agency Ohana X, which now represents 100 BYU football players. We will talk with Wallaroo founder Brandon Doyle later on in the show. BYU golfers are in the Utah State Amateur as we speak. Max Brenchley currently tied for first at 6-under. Tees off this afternoon. Brock Goyan is currently 4-under through 9, tied for fourth. Keanu Aquina currently 3-under through 8, tied for eighth. So the BYU golfers repping in the State Amateur. Women's volleyball middle blocker Kennedy Eschenberg earned third-team academic All-American. That award recognizes the nation's top players in both the classroom and on the court. Eschenberg led the Cougars with 82 blocks and ranked sixth in Division I with an average of 1.58 blocks per set. I've shared this before, but my first interaction unknowingly with Spencer was Copperills is playing Brighton for the state championship. Garner Meads is on the other side, mm-hmm. Brighton. At halftime, they, they walk out the academic All-State players. Spencer's one of them. 
I don't know him at the time, but later I was like, oh, you were down Spencer there. Spencer lives a very charmed life. His, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was big man on campus. Was. Is. Is. Smart. Handsome. Charming. Great. Ju- He's got great friends. Yeah. So, <laughs> so many NL ideals. Let's go. Alicia May Mateo is the WGCA All-American Scholar. She had seven top ten finishes in 11 events this year. Fourth uh, place in, uh, at the WCC Championship. 3.96 in the classroom in the Marriott School of Business. Fantastic. Former Cougars, Calvin Whiting winning. Whiting? All right, Calvin Whiting, Josh Whippy. I meant to ask you that before we started. Just so do it on the air. Just do a little on-air uh, yeah, yeah. producing. Josh Whippy and Matt Jensen of Major League Rugby's Utah Warriors clinch a playoff berth in next week's Western Conference Final against L.A. This weekend, the Warriors host L.A. at home before the playoff matchup next week. Yeah, pretty cool to see those guys thriving at the uh, highest level in American rugby. Pretty cool. Okay, all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Pro Football Focus released a list of, quote, top small school breakout candidates this season. I don't like the small school I, thing. I don't, I don't like that either. But Jaron Hall was on the list. Uh, no particular order. They just threw out some names. Naturally, the BYU starting quarterback, if good, this year, is a breakout player given that None of the three have started three or more games, right? So, which non-QB player do you predict will be the breakout player for BYU football? Okay, this may get uh, a little feedback because people may go, like, what is he even talking about? Well, that's normally your take. I'm going with Tyler Algier. And oh. S- and some people, I'm oh. sure right now, Justify are, are saying, yeah. wait, 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 wait. A breakout player this year? Yes, Wasn't Jason. last year his breakout Last year was certainly a breakout season for him. 1,130 yards rushing in 2020. I completely understand anybody who would say, well, that can't happen this year. That was last year. That's me, Jason. Okay, fine. I get it. However, we have already seen Tyler Algier's name popping up on a lot of these offseason lists of players to watch. Because he he broke out. He was ranked as the ninth best returning running back coming. Here's my rationale for calling him a breakout player. We know what he did last year. Mm-hmm. We got to see it. We got to witness it. We know how good he is, and especially we know the story of going on defense, on offense, and now solidifying himself as the guy at running back. So for me, I'm looking at it more as a breakout player on the national scene. I think you're starting to see his name pop up on all these lists, guys to watch. I think even with what he did last year, I think this is a year where nationally Tyler Algier could be one of those breakout players where people start really paying attention to what he can do. And when you look at this offense, even with all of the, the receivers that are on this roster, all of the talent at the receiver position, at the tight end position, I still believe a lot of BYU's success is going to come because of Tyler Algier and Lopini. So that's why I'm going breakout. I think it's not just a breakout season, but a breakout season where nationally people recognize what Tyler has done. Quantify it for me. Do you feel like he can have better stats? Because if he gets under 1,000 yards, he won't do what you just said. Uh, I, believe, I believe getting better look. Look at, what the off, look at what the against this schedule. I'm just saying. I'm not saying it's. I'm not counting it out. I'm not saying he cannot do that. I think it's highly unlikely. 
look, I'm not going to say that when you go from what BYU's schedule was last year to this year to say that you're going to have, that you can, you know, get 1,500 yards after you had 1,100. I, I understand the rationale. I'm not saying it's not possible. I think Tyler Algier is that good. I think he has the potential to be one of those stars on this team that everybody else in college football can start taking notice of. If I he, think he's that good. If he has 850 yards and averages five yards a carry, to me that's probably equal to what happened last year, given who BYU is. I don't think it's crazy that he gets to 1,000 yards again. I really don't. I think that'd be pretty good, uh, given who uh, BYU is playing, right? Um, winning and losing, but like, yeah, like those defenses will just be more athletic. They just will. Agreed, sure. Yeah, yeah so, you, can't, you can't argue that. Yeah. I, um, okay, so I didn't include Tyler because I felt like he broke out, like you mentioned. So I included uh, you know, a couple others. So I have five non-QB breakout player candidates. Five? But, yeah, I, I went with five. Easy there, overachiever. You want, you we want, asked for one. You want me number one? You want number one now or in, in the fifth one? Give me five, four, three, two by name only, and then only talk about one. No, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Number five, Blake, Blake Freeland. Okay. I think at left tackle, we're going to feel like, hey, there wasn't a massive drop-off with Brady Christensen. Number four, Dallin Holker. People feel like, oh, he broke out a couple. No, he didn't. 19 catches, 235 yards, and one touchdown. is not a breakout season. He's going to have a good season. Tyler Batty, in four games, had 13 tackles, five and a half tackles for loss, four sacks in four games. Flex that out to 12 games. That'd be 52 tackles, 22 TFL, 16 sacks. I'm not saying he's going to have 16 sacks. I'm just saying he could have a massive Jerem just said he's going to have 16 Tyler sacks. Batty will have 20 sacks in 2021. <laughs> Number two, Chaz Ayu. Chaz Ayu uh, played in 11 games in 2019, only one last year. Had uh, you know, 31 tackles, five and a half tackles for loss. Got uh, you know, banged up a little bit. Still played well. Number one for me is Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua is going to have a year. I don't know if he has 1,000 yards, but I think he goes 700-plus with six touchdowns or whatever, and that will be a year where you go, okay, we thought this guy could be good. Now look what he's doing. And into next year, Puka Nakua is like on the radar. And I think Gunnar Romney as well will have a similar or uh, kind of season with Puka. I think it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I think those guys are the top non-quarterback guys. Yeah, and Lots P- of weapons Puka on both Nakua. sides. Yeah, Puka Nakua is one of the guys, certainly, that was in the mix for how I was going to answer this question. There's no doubt in my mind. We, we've seen his skill set. We know what he's capable of. He's torched Arizona for like an 80-yard touchdown well, already, well, by and the way. Look, and I, and I had both Puka and Samson on the web chats on Media Day. And asking them, they they were fantastic. They were really fun to to talk to. They love how this offense fits them. It is a perfect match for their skill set. They love what's around them so that they don't have to carry it. And because of guys like Gunner and, you you know, tight ends, you know, Neil Neil Pau. Most underrated player on the team, question mark? Yes, gets forgotten in this mix. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. I, I think Puka Nakua is – this could be a really special year for him. He's the guy. Yeah. The, I, non, I, the non-QB breakout. I'm, I'm not going to fight you too hard on that one either. Don't fight me. Our question of the day, which non-QB player do you predict will be the breakout player for BYU football? I'm saying Puka Nakua. Uh, Jason's saying Tyler Algier. What do you think? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Cougar A70 on Twitter, Tyler Batty with his NIL contract in his back pocket. <laughs> He's got lip balm and now everyone has the, the shotgun shell lip Wallaroo balm. And, and uh, you know, Ohana. He will emerge as a premier elite edge rusher. There you go, using the E word. He will be a leader on D. The LB 
will do the LBs will do better because of him. He showed flashes of his potential last year. D will pull its weight balancing the offense's prowess. That's a good answer too. Yeah, I think he's top five. At Matt I Cosmo on Twitter. I don't think it'll be just one player. Well, that's the question, but yeah. I feel like it will be the whole receiving core, including the tight ends. This year's pass catcher is not only scary good, but also very experienced in gameplay. Whoever the QB is, cough, cough, Jaren Hall. It's going to have so many options to throw to. That was in the tweet. By the yeah, that was. That he wasn't was, me saying that. Yes, that was Jerem. The cough, cough. Reading verbatim yes. the tweet. Great stuff. Continue to weigh in. We'll get some more of those coming up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right, coming up, which BYU football reunion do you want to see most? Ooh, I like that. I've got a great answer for this one. I'm very excited. Well, we'll see about that. And Cam Miller, Pro Football Network, (laughs) says who? Tells us his breakout player of the year for BYU football as well. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us Friday for the BYU Football Top 100 plays from Beck to Harleen. Oh, love that play. To the Mangum Miracle. Love that play as well. You can really the best plays in BYU history. You can watch on BYU TV or listen on BYU Radio. I'm pretty sure you're going to love every play. It's the top 100. There's really not a play to not like. It was a really fun journey to figure out what play should be in there. It was gnarly. We spent a lot of time, like 15 hours, I kid you not, talking about it. It was super fun. We're live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Jerem Jordan alongside Jason Shepard. Our next guest is a man who frequently visits the program. He is a step ahead in projecting who's going to be good. Then even us. His name is Cam Meller, Senior Communications and Creative Director at Pro Football Network. Cam, listen, you were spot on like two years ago with Zach Wilson, and then recently you've said Peyton Wilgar is the kind of the next breakout player, next highest draft pick. Are you still on the Peyton Wilgar train? Yes. First off, I would like to continue the victory lap here, the <laughs> Zach Wilson victory lap, we'll call it. Uh, so thanks for circling back. I do appreciate the love. Uh, Wilgar, yes, absolutely. Um, I don't think the traits that I, that I saw two years ago are going away. 2020 did nothing to dismantle my proof of him um, and those traits that are very good. And I don't see why not that those three traits that he does super, super well on the football field don't translate to 2021 success, but also NFL success as well. Okay, so explain what those traits are. What is it you're seeing in Peyton Wilgar that you're like, that's the guy? Sideline to sideline ability. That is always one that is just sort of tossed around with linebackers. Um, uh, He has it. He has it in bunches. He can go anywhere he wants to on the football field. He's got great speed. He has no trouble with run defense, stuffing his nose in the middle and sniffing out within, I think there's terrific instincts there. Um, And then uh, arguably though, those two are great. The best one that you have to have in today's NFL and in today's college football now is coverage ability. And you just flash back to the USC game in 2019. Mm -hmm. There's, I mean, he baits the quarterback there, drops back, faints the shallow zone that he's in, drops back and picks off the pass. And beautifully, I mean, you don't have that without great instincts. You don't have that without great coverage ability. And that is the most primal thing that you have uh, as a linebacker is those instincts. And so if he has those, which he's shown two years in a row now, I don't see why not, uh, why they don't carry over to next year. Listen, this is a blue ocean strategy. Red ocean being there's sharks in the water. They bloody it up. It's all red. Blue ocean, nope. It's over here. It's a little different. That's a blue ocean strategy with Peyton. It really is, which I can appreciate. He's going to be tremendous. Kind of was pretty quiet last year defensively, but 
I bet he'll have a breakout year as well. We were talking about other guys we think will break out. Jason said Tyler Algier will go from like, hey, kind of stepped up with a thousand yard season, seven and a half yards per carry up to really breaking out. And I said Puka Nakua, the wide receiver transfer from Washington, was my guy. So who else do you think from BYU could have a breakout year? Kind of kind of get on the scene a little more. I, I think you mentioned it, it. You don't run for seven and a half yards a carry. That's not seven and a half yard a court like that those that's a ridiculous number seven and a half yards a carry yes he had the incredible offensive line in front of him but Tyler Algier I think you he broke out at a minor scale last year because of the name at quarterback with him but without that name at quarterback without Wilson dominating the conversation of the backfield talk or just BYU in general and the loss of multiple offensive linemen and Eric Mateos as offensive line coach so you lose the the two things I think that took away from the dominant season that he had in the backfield if he can do that again, which I think he's shown the ability to do, he's shown enough that he that he manufactured yards on his own. It wasn't just the massive gaps, massive holes in the offensive line. Look, we can argue who gets credit all we want here. Um, let's go back. Who gets credit for Zach Wilson, though, really? But, yeah, Tyler Algier <laughs> yes. is, the, is the man. Mike Wilson. Tyler Algier is is the guy who I think has the, the biggest chance, not only to break out this year, but see himself as a viable running back draft pick. I won't go over first round, but I will say day two draft pick potentially. Ooh, wow. Okay. All okay. Right, Cam, first of all, Cam, I would like to thank you for being rational and agreeing with me <laughs> that it's Tyler Algier because I took some heat from this guy over here. I thought he had already broken because out. Because uh, his breakout season was last year, but for the reasons that you mentioned, I said we were aware of this last year. I think this is the year where he breaks out nationally and people know who Tyler Algier is. So thank you very much. It's my pleasure. If I can do anything, it's I'm here to make you guys happy or prove at least one of you right. Two, I'm happy now. <laughs> Jason's love language, uh, one of them is words of affirmation, so that appeased that. And then the other is physical touch, so high five. Thank you. Thank you very much. Very nice. Okay, let's talk about the quarterbacks. Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney, Jacob Conover. Obviously, that's a huge storyline going into the fall. Jaron Hall feels like he's going to be the incumbent and hard to beat. Aaron Roderick, the offensive coordinator on Media Day, saying, listen, if he's healthy, he'll be hard to beat. It's like, oh, that was a lean towards Jaron. Do you feel like Jaron Hall is the most viable candidate at quarterback, or could it be a Baylor Romney or the freshman Jacob Conover? I think it's Hall's job to lose, and it's mainly one or two reasons, but I, I would go with the simple fact that what worked last year, they don't have to change the offensive play calling with Hall in at quarterback, in my opinion. There's a very similar skill set to Zach Wilson in terms of the athletic ability, but also the arm strength and the angles in which he can throw it from. So we haven't seen a lot of it from Hall, obviously, with not as many throws under his belt and, and tape for me to watch. Um, but I do think that, and I, I remember reading a quote or two that they said Hall is was the likely replacement for Wilson at any point last year because of the fact they didn't have to change the offensive game plan. So that moving forward, I think, is what gives him the edge as much as his athletic ability um, and multi-sport ability does. Yesterday, Cam, our conversation was about wins in terms of eight wins or bust. Is it eight wins or bust for BYU football this year? We had a lot of great responses from, from fans out there. Some said yes. Some obviously you know, went the other direction. How would you answer that? Is it eight wins or bust for BYU football next season? Or I guess this season? It's a, it's a tough – yeah, it's hard to say not next season now. It's already – I know we're in July, but, man, July's almost over. At this point, we're going to blink, and it's going to be the end of the year. I think eight wins is a good benchmark. I don't think it's a, it's a win or loss, bust, or boom or bust season mark of eight games. I think if you're going to these tough games against these P5 and top-tier P5 schools – and if you're at least competitive in these tough games, I think there's a silver lining that you could not win eight and have a bust of a season. 
Um, you got to look good. You're breaking in a, lot, a quarterback, and you got to have sort of those asterisks um, next to some of these games. You know, if you're going in with a guy who's only started three games against Arizona, well, that should be a win. Sorry, that's that. Uh, that, that definitely. Thank you, Arizona's Arizona. Right. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the Utah game. I think you can hang your hat on that if there's a win there too. So it, there's a lot of interesting storylines. I would say eight is probably the good benchmark to have going into it, but I don't think that there's a boomer bust nature to that number. Yeah, and and that's the thing. It's all relative, right? Because last year's schedule obviously was way more winnable for BYU. The one loss is a game BYU chose to take midweek, which was crazy, right? Um, then you look at the quarterback situation, like we mentioned. What's around the quarterbacks? Very exciting. You, you get Puka Nakua and Samson Nakua transferring in, the brothers from Washington and, and Utah. You have uh, Isaac Rex, who had 12 touchdown catches. Incredible. Dallin Holker comes back from mission. He's expected to be good. Two starters back on the O-line, but the other three guys have played a bunch. So it, we've almost discussed, like, it does matter who the quarterback is, but maybe it doesn't matter as much as we think, given who's around the BYU offense. Do you feel like the offense is going to carry this team when all said and done, given how many returning starters there are? Absolutely. And the influx of Power 5 talent elsewhere, the Nakua brothers being obviously that Rex being the contested catch guy that you can just sort of rely on in the red zone too. So get to the red zone on the back of Algier, break in these offensive linemen that have a lot of snaps to their credit, feature maybe Algier a little bit more in the passing game too. Sort of, you know, get the ball to him in space if you're going to have any quarterback issues to start the season. Feature your skill players and your skill players in space, I think is the most important position or the important aspect there. Get them the ball and allow them to do what they do best. So if it's manufactured yards that you're looking at for those guys on screens or things of that nature, get it to them. Make no, make no complaints about it. Get the ball to your skill players. If you're worried about your quarterback situation, but I don't think that they're going to be too worried if uh, hall is what uh, he's cracked up to be. Realizing that there still hasn't been a starting quarterback named. So until that is official, obviously that that's a question, but it does feel like, most of the unknowns about this team do seem to be on the defensive side of the football. And, and I think specifically up front, losing a guy like Kyrus Tonga is, is obviously a pretty big deal, and others certainly. What is, what's your take on the defensive side of the football for BYU uh, when the season starts against Arizona? Unproven. Somebody's going to have to step up. I think there has to be a couple of name brand players or, or at least players that get national notoriety due to some plays here. A coverage is king, in my opinion. I know we see the difference in coverage versus pass rush, but coverage is king, in my opinion. So somebody's going to have to step up in the secondary. Um, it can't just be Peyton Wilgar that we rely on in coverage across the middle of the field. So you need a deep safety. You need a couple of corners to lock down, I think, especially against uh, as the schedule goes on and we see a little bit more pass-happy teams down the stretch too. So let the, let the coverage start to take over. I think we need to see a couple of uh, emergent performances in 2021. We're talking with uh, Zach Wilson, super fan and advocate Cam Meller, <laughs> who also uh, works on the side at pro football network on BYU sports nation. Cam, Zach, obviously an incredible season. You were on it before anyone in 2019, um, you know, and going into the NFL now is the second pick with the jets. He's going to get to start on day one against the Panthers uh, on September 12th. What's your assessment of what he could do in the NFL? This is your chance to you know, be ahead of the game again. I was ahead of the game for the college, Zach Wilson. <laughs> I am a little bit behind on the NFL aspect of what makes players uh, tick. I think it's, it's significantly more of a business, obviously. So uh, how they've built around him, though, I don't hate. I think that they built a lot of the players this offseason, the signing of Corey Davis, um, the drafting of the offensive lineman. So, I mean, his blind side's protected with those mountain of men uh, on his left side, left tackle, left guard, Makai Becton being number one. But getting Corey Davis 
you know, the influx of talent at receiver, allowing him, I think Davis is a pure route runner and a solid route runner, but not a deep threat anymore. Like he may have been at Western Michigan. So I think the it's a sort of a timing offense. And I think that sort of pits to Zach's strengths in, in year one of the rookie season. So I don't want to go on record and say offensive rookie of the year, even though he does have the traits to do so. So but MVP? I will say a dramatically MVP. Yeah, MVP. Super Bowl <laughs> MVP? No, it's the Jets. <laughs> I can't say Super Bowl. <laughs> I, and, and that's the thing that's uh, like the hardest thing about this whole situation with Zach is like, I want Zach to do so well. I want him to just crush it and be amazing and be the you know second Hall of Fame from BYU or whatever. But, but, but Jets. And I'm like, oh, could he have dropped a three to the Niners? Because the Niners were ready to like t- just go to the playoffs, right? They have a team. So it's like, oh, am I being naive and thinking the Jets could be good? Hopefully at some point, not this year, but maybe in three years. I, I don't know. But Jets, it's hard, you know, right? I, I think we see an influx of that at least watchability this year. And that's whether that's Zach from a personal standpoint from all of us or if it's just they're a fun team to watch with somebody that you're excited about. I know we were excited about Sam Darnold, eh, maybe not as much when he was coming out and he was sort of this young guy at quarterback, gunslinger at quarterback for him, but he never really panned out. Obviously, I think that they didn't build around Sam Darnold and they're already starting to build around Zach uh, in not even in, before he was even drafted. So they knew they were going quarterback. They knew they were going Wilson early. And I think at this point, what they've done, they've, they've learned from their mistakes of not building around Darnold too well to build around Zach before he's even taken a snap. Cam, before we let you go, um, Obviously, there's there as you mentioned a minute ago. You know there are a lot of storylines uh, to look at. Whether you're talking about BYU specifically or college football heading into this year, what what's a storyline that maybe you're paying attention to that's really got your interest, or an under the radar storyline that you're following that you think is is gonna it's gonna play big this year? It's the quarterback battles across the country. We've. I don't think I can remember a time in recent history that this many blue bloods don't have a starting quarterback going in. Ohio State, Michigan, LSU has question marks between there two. Those are just the three off the top of my head. I uh, recently ranked all 130 quarterbacks um, in their starting quarterback situations coming out this afternoon, actually, oh, on ProFootballNetwork.com. But uh, yeah, a little tease there. Um, I, I just. I. I don't. I can't remember a time in which that many. You know national powerhouse if you want to go back to the ncaa 14 days six star programs like the osu and michigan's that don't have a quarterback tennessee doesn't have a quarterback yet and we're going into august at this point without them naming quarterbacks and still having battles through fall camp that's not a an osu thing to do that's not a michigan thing to do so i'm very interested to see how those pan out and i think ultimately those will have a major factor not only in this season but to the college football playoff as well well, even you know Bryce Young at uh, Alabama, it's like, hey, he's the guy, but like, is he going to be the guy? Notre Dame, you know, there are a million of those. So we look forward to uh, that article coming out. You don't want to, you want to tell us where like Jaron Hall is on that list or anything? I don't want to do that. I, I would, <laughs> I, I'll bury the lead there. I may not make it uh, in the best, in, in the best of graces. Okay, Pro Football Network. The article coming out this afternoon. Cam, we appreciate the time as always. Congratulations on being right on Zach again. <laughs> my pleasure thanks again for the victory lap i'll take him whenever you got it man that's cam meller from pro football network on uh, BYU sports nation honestly after 2018 cam said listen uh zach is a legit talent he's a first round talent and th- it was like okay the kid started seven games he was four and three came off the perfect bowl game and he's like well he had x interceptions only y were his fault and we were like okay I think he'll be good too, but like, oh my gosh, he he saw that sooner than anyone I can recall.
outside of the Wilson camp. So, again, victory lap. Congratulations to Cam. And now I'm extremely interested to find out where he has Jaron Hall after having that conversation. (sighs) Wouldn't even tell us. Coming coming out this afternoon, so we'll have to check that out. You know what? We'll find out. We will find out. All right, coming up, Wallaroo Media founder Brandon Doyle. And we've got the answer for USA Basketball's Ailes, losing to Nigeria and now the Fighting Joe Ingles of Australia. We've got the answer. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. The newest Deep Blue podcast is out featuring Lee Kamart. Does he still play? How he came to Provo in the first place, his European career and coaching with the BYU men and women's basketball teams. Listen on the BYU Radio app or where podcasts are found. He is Jason. I am Jerem. This is BYU Sports Nation. If you didn't know, let's whip it. Cook Whip Round is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. FBSchedules.com, not FBS Schedules, yep. which is... We've made that mistake. It, it's, it happens a lot. FBSchedules.com has BYU versus Baylor as one of the, quote, 10 most long-awaited reunions in college football in 2021. No one's waiting what? for that. How is Besides that even? It's not FB a thing. Schedules. It's not a thing. Yeah. Uh, what is the reunion you most want to see BYU play? Um, Notre Dame. Okay. Just because we've been waiting for that one. The next one is Miami for me. Oh, I think yeah. that'd be really fun. The 89-90 series, obviously. BYU gets blown out and then upsets Miami. Um, Coastal Carolina's one I would like in Provo. Yes. For obvious reasons. And they have to travel two days <laughs> the, They take the game on Wednesday. They have to have two days notice. That's it. I think Kansas State in 2026 on the 30-year anniversary of the Cotton Bowl. In hey, season again, not year, would be wh- good. Which one yeah. do you want the most? You've given us like 70. I, the first one I give you. Okay. You ready it for was mine? Four. Your math sucks. <laughs> it was comedic exaggeration. Uh, I'm gonna go. The reunion I'd like to see the most is BYU winning against Utah. I would like a that's reunion the, of victories. That, that's the with, answer in BYU's favor. That's yes. the reunion I would like to see against would, Utah. Yes. Yes. That's, did I oversell it or did I deliver? Nope. Nope. We could spend all day talking about that one. We must move on. USA Basketball drops a second exhibition game yesterday. First to Nigeria, then the uh, you know Australian national team. Uh, Matthew Delavadova and his mouthpiece was there. i got to bring him up. Uh, <laughs> should the U.S. call up Jimmer Fredette? Are we at that level of fr- uh, frustration? And Look, you're never going to hear me say not to call up Jimmer Fredette in any league, whether yeah. it's Team USA, NBA, G League, whatever. Yes. If Jimmer's available, you go get Jimmer. Would a BYU All-Star team right now fare better than USA basketball. They may be more engaged. Team USA is going through the motions right now. Yeah. They should still win going through the motions. Absolutely. But but it's not 96 or, you know, 92. People are forgetting, like, the gap then was wide. Yes. Now it's not as wide. It's like, not as wide, but we still shouldn't be losing these games. People can make threes. Like, Nigeria made 20 threes. Like, people can shoot. People evolve. People get better. I don't know that the U.S. has gotten that much better. In fact, I think the U.S. has gotten worse. This team has Damian Lillard and Kevin Durant. And Bam Adebayo. Let's go. <laughs> All right. On his Instagram story, uh, Baylor Romney says he missed, and by the way, he airballed, uh, a three-pointer so that he could double down on a friendly wager with Lopini Katoa. Five to ten bucks. Are you, yes. Yeah. Are you buying the hustle or is this a tall tale? No, I'm buying the hustle. I think Baylor hustled Lopini. I really do. Baylor has a nice stroke, dude. Nice form. I like it. Baylor, uh, he He's told... A quarterback. Quarterbacks yes. are and, and, athletic. And uh, he and uh, Gunner play basketball every week. 
every week. Yes. Wow. Something else that you, if you watch the web chats, you learned. Web what? Jake Heaps <laughs> competed in American Ninja Warrior last night, was eliminated in the double down section. What Ninja Warrior obstacle would you be most intimidated by? Okay, I'm going to be 100% transparent here. Wait, finally? What were you the I, whole show? I, I, I don't watch American Ninja Warrior, so I don't know, you don't know about the obstacle the course tilting names. Table and the no, but, but, here, but I'm going to go with the one that drew my attention because I think it's the coolest. Okay. Flying nunchucks. I don't know what it is, but you got nunchucks in it. I'm going with that one. Yes. The battering ram is where I would probably fail. No doubt. Do oh, I would fail at all of them. But <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes, Rammstein, as they say in German, right? You know. Yes. What? I don't... 2000s rock guy? Rammstein means battering ram in German. Also, my last name Too is hot. Shepherd, so it's German. German. It's not. It's actually English. Oh. But I thought because of the German Shepherd, I was German when are, I was little. Are you a sheep herder or a shepherd? A classic December Sunday school question. Mm. It's not so. Okay. In the latest uh, from uh, from our guy here on the program, Big Game Boomer, he lists the most sensitive the he lists the most sensitive fan base in every state. Okay, and for the state of Utah, he has Utah State, BYU. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. That's I am just so upset. Really, us sensitive? What? Quick to anger? No, I, I'm surprised it wasn't. Uh, no, it's. Everybody's sense. Look, a case can be made for every in-state team. Except for Dixie State slash Utah State. Oh, boy. You're going to get another? Another what? You're going to get another? (laughs) What's coming up, Shep? (laughs) Top 5 Tuesday, Tyler Algier edition. Some great plays. Hopefully he breaks out. Tyler Algier today. breaks out this season, says Jason. Uh, I guess 1,000 yards wasn't good enough. Uh, Founder of Wallaroo Media, Brandon Doyle, on what yesterday's announcement for 100 football players means for the Cougars. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, Kiki pitches her best NIL partnership ideas for BYU athletes. You can check it out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. Jeremy Jordan alongside Jason Shepard. Well, yesterday afternoon, uh, a tweet came out about uh, Wallaroo Media being the first official sponsor of the BYU football team, partnered with uh, Ohana X, uh, donating $20,000 to the players, 100 players signed. Come be a part of what we're building. And now joining us is Brandon Doyle, the co-founder of Ohana X and founder of Wallaroo Media, to explain more about what this means. Brandon, how's it going? And welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, it's going great. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So we saw the tweet. We saw a front office sports tweet about it. I follow them. I was like, oh, this must be a really big deal, right? What does all this mean for Cougar football and these uh, 100 players that have been signed so far? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it means a lot in the big scheme of things, but uh, in the weeds, we're just getting started. So it's Wallaroo is the first sponsor of the BYU football team through the new, you know, NIL ruling and um, and with Ohana X, and but it's just the first of many. So we're going to be working on getting a, a ton of sponsors for, for all the players and the team as a whole. Explain, Brandon, what the difference is between the two entities, meaning Wallaroo Media and then Ohana X. What, what's the difference between the two? 
Yeah, good question. So I, I'm the founder of Wallaroo Media. We've been around for like 10 years. We're an advertising agency. We've done a lot with influencers over the years. And so I started talking with some different people at BYU, um, with uh, Coach uh, Sataki, with Carl Sequoia. And anyway, we ended up creating, well, because I wanted to get involved once the new NIL rules passed, right? Um, and how it ended up working is we ended up creating a, a new a new entity called Ohana X. Um, and and so I'm one of the founders of Ohana. So Waller is separate from Ohana, but Waller is the first sponsor of Ohana. And now, you know, with all the players, it, it will be through Ohana X. That's who will be working to represent them, get them deals, free product collaborations, all that kind of stuff. And that was a question I had a couple of weeks ago, and I even reached out to compliance and said, okay, can they hire an agent? And, and the answer was, well, like a manager. And so that's where this feels like that comes in because if I'm Tyler Batty and I'm maybe the next big thing on the defense, uh, yes, I got a, a shotgun lip balm deal, but like who's helping me manage this? Who's helping me leverage me? Who's helping me say no to bad deals? Is that where you guys are going to come in with Ohana X? Yeah, exactly. So that's what that's why we came to the table. We have lots of experience with that. So we want to make it as easy on the players to a, you know, profit from their name, image, and likeness, but b, still focus on the on-field stuff and and practice and right. And so they don't have to go hustling for all their own deals. We're going to bring them to the table. We're going to vet them. We're going to make sure that they're not over-promising anything like that, right? And have to do stuff in perpetuity or whatever. And we're going to get them as many and as, and as you know, good of deals as, as we can. I'm almost surprised. I haven't heard more about other teams doing this where they just help out the whole team as opposed to every man for himself or woman in the case of the whole athletic department, right? So what, what does this yeah. mean for the guys? Like, what, how will this benefit them the most? Yeah, good question. Yeah, and to be honest, I haven't seen it yet either. Um, I think that's probably because – all these sort of new agencies like Ohana X, but all these other ones around the country, they're taking more of like a professional sports agency approach to the college athletes, which, you know, it's not like every player on the jazz is with the same agent, right? Almost all of them have different agents. Um, but by us representing, representing almost the entire football team, we can go to local companies like Wallaroo or, or any other local Utah company and say, hey, why don't, instead of maybe sponsoring just one player, why not go after the whole team, make a much bigger splash for you, and get them to all be posting about you, all 100-plus of them, all the time, instead of just one or two players or just having you know, a sign in the stadium or something. So maybe just to, for, for more clarification, then on an, on an individual basis with all of the individual players within the team that are part of this, it's, it's a collaborative effort. It's not just you guys saying, hey, we have this opportunity for you. If one of the players says, hey, I have this great idea, what do you think of it? They bring this to you, and then you guys kind of do the legwork. Is, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, to be clear, there's definitely going to still be individual deals that are going to be struck. So, you know, someone might, whoever the end up, the starting QB ends up being someone might want to just sponsor that person. Right. Or someone might want to sponsor just Tyler Batty or, or whoever. Um, so we're still going to be working on individual deals, but 
Ohana means family, means no one gets left behind. And so we want to take care of, yes, the starting quarterback, but also the walk-ons who have to pay for their own tuition. You know, we want to pay, we want to take care of everybody. And so that's why we'll be focusing a lot on these, on these team-wide deals. I realize, Brandon, that this is, this just happened, uh, at least publicly. So, so maybe there's been some things, you know, behind the scenes where you, you've already had some feedback on this, but from, from, um, from an outside perspective, what's been the feedback you guys have received from potential companies that are like, hey, this is a really good idea. This may be something that I want to get invested in. Yeah, no, the feedback's been awesome. I mean, I myself have been having conversations with, I don't know, probably like, well, at least 100 different brands. And when I tell them that we have an entire team, basically, that they can sponsor – that gets them a lot more excited than me just saying that, Hey, I have four football players here. Do you want to sponsor all four or, or one or two of the four, you know? And then uh, similarly, I'll be talking to um, a company and, you know, the name or, or the purpose of the company might, um, you know, might not necessarily fit with football as specifically. And so they might, anyway, it's been it's already happened where they said, hey, you know what? I'm not as interested in the football team for this sponsorship, but I would love to sponsor the track team because maybe in their name it has to do with, you know, being fast or something. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that's going to happen, too. But uh, but yeah, we're, we're, we're really excited about the feedback we've been getting. We're talking to Brandon Doyle, co-founder of Ohana X and founder of Wallaroo Media here on BYU Sports Nation. That diversification of the portfolio, if you will, for a company, not just the four of the whole team, is really interesting, right? Because, hey, what if those four don't pan out like you thought or they get hurt, right? If you get the whole team, hey, you're guaranteed to have some level of success. BYU has only had one losing season in the last you know, 15 years or whatever. Like BYU is going to at least make a bowl game, if not be much better. Last year was pretty incredible given that schedule. So what's the reality of the situation, Brandon? Because when people first heard about NIL, they're like, dude – This guy's going to rake in the cash. Like, that's not necessarily true for everybody and probably most players. So what's the reality of the situation of helping these guys maximize their name, image, and likeness? Yeah, and so that's why we really do want to focus on these team-wide deals because from a brand perspective, if they're getting 100-plus players who are all pushing out a message about their company consistently on social media – that's really powerful. Even if, you know, these players, let's say I haven't done the math yet, but let's say they have a total of like 150,000 followers on Instagram. So, of course, there's some overlap, but for sake of ease, that's 150,000 people that are seeing a message about a particular company multiple times and the brand can benefit for that and so they from that and so they can pay a premium and we can pass that along to all these players individually. Well, that sounds great, and this is groundbreaking stuff. Uh, BYU, one of the first, if not the first, team to sign a deal with uh, you know uh, a marketing company and, and a media company, which is pretty exciting. So, Brandon, we appreciate the time, and uh, best of luck. I'm sure we're going to see you around. Thanks so much. Okay, that's Brandon Doyle joining us on BYU Sports Nation. That's really interesting, Jason. The idea that you would get a whole team, right. not just the individuals. Like you've seen, you know, uh, Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma has different deals and. You know, d- different athletes and the Fresno State women's basketball twins are a big deal on social, so they're capturing it. But the idea of a whole team yeah, is interesting too, because then Cade Moore, walk on wide receiver, he's in on it too. 
which is, which is cool. Well, yeah, and, and look, there's also – look, let, let's not kid ourselves. There are going to be instances – and I'm just not just talking about BYU. I'm talking about in college athletics. There's going to be jealousy. You know, everybody's a human being. No. And if somebody's making more and has more endorsements than somebody else, there's going to be some jealousy. I like the idea of being able to have a, a team. Plus, look, like he said, you go to a company and say, hey, how would you like to f- sponsor or you know, have a team versus just a couple of players? Yeah, it's going to cost them a little more money, but the return may be significantly uh, more. And the brand of BYU is much stronger than right. any individual yeah. or, honestly, the collection of those individuals, right? It's true. So, uh, yeah, jump on board, absolutely. All right, coming up, our rise and shout-outs. And Top 5 Tuesday, the top Tyler Algier plays. Man, he's had a tremendous career. Jason thinks he's the breakout player this year. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Welcome back to the Tyler Algier Show on BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU Radio app. And also download the podcast. Podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Top 5 Tuesday, presented by <laughs> Delta Airlines. Keep climbing the top 5 Tyler Algier plays of his career. Let's go. Number 5 versus Houston, 14-yard rushing touchdown. This touchdown capped off a big second-half comeback for the Cougars against the Cougars. BYU trailed 26-14 late in the third, ended up scoring 29 unanswered. Tyler Algier, 25 yards on 10 carries, but he managed to find the end zone. That cutback is sweet. Look at that. Also, this was the battle of 2016 Big 12. That looks like a second-round draft pick next year. That would be sweet, man. Number four, UMass. 2018-19, 2018-19, check that, 57-yard touchdown catch and run. More like a three-yard catch and then a 54-yard run. Tyler Algier literally switched, I think, to running back this week. That, that game. The week of this game, that was incredible. Uh, first of seven unanswered touchdowns against the high school known as UMass in a 56-24 blowout. Hopefully everybody got to see it on flow. <laughs> there were 35 of you. <laughs> Number three. The 34-yard rushing touchdown against Navy. This was BYU's first touchdown in 2020 going around the outside in the end zone with the leap. Very nice. Algier sparked a very strong start for BYU. They end up winning the game 55-3. to Tyler, 14 carries, 132 yards, and two touchdowns. And as you recall, a uh, notable picture of his cleat where he had a strong message about cancer. Yes. Number two, 42-yard rushing touchdowns against Coastal Carolina. Mm. People don't like this game, but Tyler had a great, great game. Finished with 106 yards on 13 carries in a low yardage, low scoring game. Tyler with a great run here. The last regular season uh, touchdown he scored did have one touchdown in the bowl game as well. Tyler Algier with those taped-up ankles running on that teal turf. Want a rematch? Let's get yeah, a rematch. Yeah, let's do it today. <laughs> hey, both teams getting one-day notice? One-day's notice, let's go. And it's in Provo. And number one, this is my favorite. And ironically enough, it turns out to be the number one play. 86-yard okay. touchdown run against Boise State. Look at him rumbling, bumbling, stumbling in my Chris Berman impersonation Blech. on the blue turf. Look at that. BYU started on the five. Algier just taking it to the house. 
123 yards, two touchdowns was enough for BYU to get the win over the ranked Broncos in Boise. Now, if I recall, I don't recall what number, but that's a top 10 longest run in BYU history. So it's it's a fantastic play. One of the best plays of the season. Those are the top five. Tyler Algier plays in his career at BYU. Listen, I expect many more to be added there. Many more. I would agree with you. This season. That's why he's my breakout player. Man, when he broke out, it was crazy. (laughs) Our question of the day, which non-QB player do you predict will be the breakout player for BYU football? Our elite voice of the day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Keith and Tracy Jackman on Facebook. Mason, the flying bulldozer wake, will not be denied. Hashtag call Chiefs again. Now, Mason had a tremendous kind of first half of the year and then sort of wasn't as involved for whatever reason. Maybe Isaac Rex was targeted more, but Mason Wake had a rushing touchdown. He had a bunch of those hurdles. I'm hoping we see more Mason Wake, and he, he will, you'll see him in more of a fullback spot than tight end, it sounds like. Yeah, look, he's just one of the many weapons that the BYU offense will have at its disposal. Absolutely. Today's Rise and Shoutouts are presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. We do want to give a Rise and Shoutout to Muriel Thole, the knitting lady at BYU Basketball Games, loyal BYU fan from England, retired BYU employee. She passed away yesterday, so we're thinking about uh, Muriel. Uh, and listen, the, the knitting lady, she's a famous fan um, at BYU Basketball Games because, listen, she was, she was doing double work. She was watching, she was knitting, knitting. and people know her. So uh, our thoughts cool. and prayers to the uh, the family there, and uh, we'll miss Muriel to BYU basketball games this season. Um, who else gets a rising shout-out for you? Uh, can we give it to Jake Heaps for being on American yeah, Ninja Warrior? That was cool. And he's going to join us on the show tomorrow. Yes, he will. Your tease paid off from yesterday. Yes. Yes. I didn't jinx it. Would you go on American Ninja Warrior? I would go on it, sure. I would make a fool of myself, but I would go on I it. I would not. I'm physically just not going to be good I, enough. I would go on it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd yeah. do that. You physically are good enough. <laughs> and emotionally. <laughs> but we're all sensitive. Thanks to our guests, Cam Miller and Brandon Doyle. That's what we learned for our, from our uh, big, big game boomer. That's right. Uh, conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I am Jerem. Shout out to Leon White. Go Coop! Look at it into the end zone.